How can you get more done in less time? Well, we're gonna talk about five productivity tips to get more done in less time. Stick around, be right back. Hey peeps, please help us grow the family. Give us a comment and review on the Apple or Google Play Store. It's super quick and easy. Just scroll down, click the little stars, comment, and just help us grow the fam. All right, so now that that's out of the way, let's get into this. What is going on, crypto family? So today, I'm gonna to be covering a topic that you asked us to cover, how to get more done in less time. Speaking of time, let's not waste any, and let's dive right in. So, tip number one. It starts with something that you may already do. Make a to-do list. I mean, it sounds simple enough, right? Well, many people make a huge list of things that they need to do as the day goes. They do all these easy things first and then save the big, hard, ugly tasks until the end of the day. As many of you may have experienced, stuff comes up. A crisis comes along, and those big tasks get moved to the next day, and then the next day, and then the next day. In his book, Eat That Frog, Brian Tracy encourages us to do that big, ugly task first. This is because even though it is a big, tough task that will take a lot of mental bandwidth, it will have the most leverage to push you forward. So, how do we not only make a list, but learn to prioritize what is more important? If you just have a laundry list of 100 things to do, how do you figure out where to start? Mr. Tracy recommends that you go through your list and place an A, B, C, D, or E besides each task. He defines A tasks as that must-do task with serious consequences if they don't get done. These may have to be a, a report that your boss is waiting for, uh, an essential customer meeting, etc. right? These are frog tasks that you should start first. Chances are you'll end up with more than one A task, so you'll need to Prioritize these by labeling them A1, A2, A3, etc. You should put a B besides tasks that you need to do, but only have minor consequences. He states that you should never do a B task if there is an A task still on your to-do list. C tasks are the ones that would be nice to do, but have no consequences like having lunch with a friend or coworker, etc. D straight up for delegate. These are the tasks that you can assign to people you manage or coworkers that may already be doing similar tasks who could easily add it to their workflow. E stands for eliminate. These are the tasks that you can eliminate and it simply doesn't matter. Planning in advance can make the most of your time. Mr. Tracy uses the 10-90 rule. He states that 10 minutes of planning can save 90 minutes. Now that we have a list of tasks, let's look at how an average day may look for many different people. Many of us work eight or 10 hours per day. We may have blocks of an hour each where we're going to work on tasks. What happens during this time? Are you working nonstop the whole time? Chances are you're constantly being interrupted by people coming into your office, phone calls, text messages, emails in your inbox, notifications on your phone, and people asking you to help with unrelated tasks. At the end of the day, many times you may look back and think, what did I get done today? This brings us to tip number two, 
eliminate distractions. In an age of constant distraction, it's really difficult to stay focused on all the things we really need to do. But to be more productive with our time, we have to learn how to limit or eliminate physical and digital distractions. Here's where you say, but Beatles, I'm awesome at multitasking. I get more done when I multitask. Well, you know what? There was a study done in 2010 by the researchers there at the University of London, and they had 1,100 participants at a British company and found that by multitasking with electronic media caused a greater decrease in IQ than smoking pot or losing a night's sleep. So, I think it might be fair to say that it's important to identify all the different things which distract you during your day and figure out a way to limit or remove them. For example, do you spend too much time on Facebook, checking your emails or social media apps or playing games? If you feel like you aren't disciplined and need a little help in this area, there are apps out there that can block sites for you while you're working. If you go to focusme.com, for example, it blocks websites and apps on your phone when Windows, Macs, all that kind of stuff. Beware though, if you're scheduled to be productive, it's called forced mode, it won't even matter if you restart the device you're working with. You'll have no choice but to wait until the scheduled time to gain access again. Now, eliminating distractions though, isn't just about limiting the technological distractions that we have, but also letting coworkers, friends, and family know that you're gonna be uh, working during a certain time and you don't wanna be interrupted, right? You can even go so far as shutting the door to your office and putting a sign on it that says, unless it's an emergency, wait until my break to call or talk to me. Break times during the day are X, Y, and Z, etc. It's especially important to limit the number of distractions you get throughout the day, as a study found at the University of California in Irvine, that it takes an average of 23 minutes and 15 seconds to get back to the task, or to get to the same productivity level that you are currently at without those distractions. You know, even if you aren't average and can get back to the task much sooner, it's still safe to say that distractions are probably eating up more time than most of us are willing to admit. At least now you should have an understanding of just how important eliminating distractions are for increasing your productivity. So now that you can work without the distractions, the next question is, how can you make the most of your time? This brings us to tip number three, put pressure on yourself. There are many ways to put pressure on ourselves to get things done. Parkinson's law states that work expands so as to fill the time available for its completion. If you have X amount of time to do a task or a project, you'll take that much time to complete the task. If you have much less time, you'll somehow get it done too. This can be from a paper in school that they give us weeks to work on that you do the night before, or even what we're seeing now with our current health concerns. For example, normally it takes policymakers at the state and federal federal levels months to years to come up with new health-related policies. But due to the CB-19 concerns, new billing codes, new ways of meeting people online as opposed to face-to-face, -to -face, rushing unemployment benefits for restaurant and service workers, etc., are getting pushed through at record pace. Interesting how that works, right? What are some ways that you can put pressure on yourself? Pretty simple, right? Deadlines. These can be internal or external. Internal deadlines are just ways that we can push ourselves. For example, you may want to get a project done at least a week ahead of time of the final deadline. You might want to do this because it'll give you adequate time to review things and spend more time improving and polishing things up for a really great final product. 
the key differentiator here is that your deadline you set was based on your goals, your purpose, and it was set by you. External deadlines are, you guessed it, ones that may be set by others, or they can be ones that you set, but make public and add pressure and accountability to them. One example of this is telling friends and family that you're gonna do something by a certain date. This creates accountability and will put external pressure on you. There are whole websites dedicated to this, like stick.com, sites like this, they make your deadline and commitment more public. And you can even put money on the line to add up to the ante. Moving to tip number four, which is actually another way to add pressure through using what's called the Pomodoro Technique. The Pom Pomodoro Technique was developed by Francesco Cirillo in the late 1980s. The Pomodoro Timer was simply a kitchen timer shaped like a tomato that Cirillo used in 25-minute intervals in college. The technique breaks down like this. You decide the task that you're going to do. Set the Pomodoro Timer for 25 minutes. Work on the task and work when the timer rings. And put a check mark on a piece of paper. If you have fewer than four check marks, you take a short three to five minute break. After the break, repeat the 25 minutes and go until you have four check marks. After you do four Pomodoros, take the 15 to 30 minute break. When you come back, start over. Using this technique, you could do something physical during your short break. For example, you could do some push-ups, some lunges, some squats, walk around for a few minutes, you could stretch, etc. The cool thing is you don't have to go scour the stores in your area looking for an actual tomato timer, as there are tons of apps out there that allow you to set the 25-minute goals and will even count down your break time with sound alarms. Now, you probably noticed I said you need to have four check marks before you take a longer break. Well, this brings us to productivity tip number five. Work in big chunks. You'll notice that four blocks of 25 minutes with three to five minute breaks is roughly two hours. When you work like this, focus with no distractions and the external pressure of a timer counting down, it really helps you get a lot done. When you have to do high volume of leveraged tasks with high quality, you are able to make a considerable difference in your work or business life. This new focus will allow you to get so much more done in a shorter period of time. Give it a try, see for yourself. So to summarize, the five tips to get more done in less time are make a to-do list with your A, B, C, D, E's to prioritize your items so that you'll have a plan. Then eliminate distractions, put pressure on yourself, use the Pomodoro technique, work in big chunks, Hey peeps, just a friendly reminder, Crypto Beetle shows are never financial advice, recommendations, or trading strategies. The views expressed here are solely that of Robert Beatles and his guests. Robert Beatles is the co-founder of the Monarch Wallet, host of Trading View Sessions, Crypto Beatles on YouTube, and on several entities. Robert's opinions here do not reflect that of those entities. Some information shared here may not actually be factual. These shows are for information and entertainment purposes only. Never invest a single Satoshi or penny in anything without first seeking the counsel and advice of a professional financial advisor. Robert Beatles is not a financial expert or advisor. Investing in anything is super dangerous. You can lose all of your money, so always trade at your own risk. Please help us grow the family. Give us a comment and review on the Apple or Google Play Store. It's super quick and easy. Just scroll down, click the little stars, comment, and just help us grow the fam. God bless you. Love you. And I'll catch you all on the next one.